We're live. Oh my gosh. Welcome, Max. Hi. Thank you for having me, first of all. Yeah, of course. It's exciting. Go for it. Well, I just wanted to have you on because you've just gotten back from New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want people to be able to hear about it. I'm sure you've already explained all of this like 200 times. So it's too bad we didn't do this at the <laughs> beginning. When, as soon as I got the plane, you should have been there with the Right. Because then you could have come back and been like, you want to hear about it? Just go podcast. check out the podcast. And then your views, your listens would have gone way up. <laughs> right. No, no, that's... That's, this is good. I'm excited. This is going to be helpful for me, too. Yeah. It's been a month now, I think. So. Well, we already talked about it a little bit, um, mm-hmm. but maybe we could start with just like some of your biggest takeaways. Mm-hmm. Maybe you could speak a little bit to where you are at going into it, mm-hmm. what you're expecting, yeah, and then kind of what your takeaways were. Yeah. Okay. So I had just finished my junior year of college and New Zealand for me was kind of a whole college dream. I had gone into Biola my freshman year and knew that I want, wanted to go study abroad, but didn't really know where. And I watched Hunt for the Wilder People. Have you seen oh, that movie? Yeah. It's an amazing movie. It's yeah, it's so funny and well written and whimsical. It's gonna be a word I say a lot right now, but um, <laughs> um, it's an amazing movie and it just made me fall in love with the place of New Zealand just through this movie and then I watched Lord of the Rings again during college and I just classic yeah and so these movies made me fall in love with New Zealand's landscape and then I um randomly watched a an all blacks rugby game and I was like this that's super cool and then randomly in the middle of my freshman year I um I saw this surf <laughs> surf video surfing video mm-hmm. in New Zealand as well and I was like oh my gosh and so for me that was like oh so many things are pointing everything converts this must be in a sacred echo or something like <laughs> I had been called to New Zealand yeah. and so I figured out there was a New Zealand city abroad at Biola and immediately like put my interest in so by the time by second semester of my freshman year I was I was interested in New Zealand and then we went into COVID and so um, I had been thinking of going to New Zealand my fall semester of, of uh, sophomore year mm-hmm. and then COVID, so that delayed that. And then as we kept learning things about everything, I just kept, okay, next semester for that then. Right. Next semester for that. Next right. semester for that. And so the first semester finally was able to do was this last um, this last fall. So crazy that it took like three years, but yeah, um, so cool that it finally ended up happening. But really, my motivation was so lame for going. Okay. I think the biggest motivation was like, looks like a cool place uh-huh. and I really want to surf. Okay. Hey, and <laughs> we'll take it. Yeah, we'll take, <laughs> we'll take it. We'll take it. I mean, both those things are true. Right. <laughs> Let's go. Like, so um, going, I my expectations were like, okay, I'm going to go and I'm going to surf a lot and I'm just going to kind of like find myself. <laughs> and that was something that I would tell people, like, this is what I'm going to learn. Like, I'm going to learn so much there. Did you have an idea of what finding yourself no, like, no, okay. no, no, what? no, like, of course not. That's what people say. Yeah, that's what people say. They go off into the wild and they find themselves, <laughs> you know? Like, I was every main character in a movie ever right. in my head, right? Like, <laughs> selfish. No, but, so I I, I left um, here not even really thinking, too, that I had a lot to learn, hmm. which is, I feel like, an important distinction because I was telling myself I'm going to go and learn so much but who knows what I'll be learning because I'm already a pretty awesome person right and essentially what I realized is I'm a terrible person <laughs> <laughs> and I learned about how I am a terrible person and also maybe how not to be as terrible um, and that's an extreme that's okay. description but it was yeah I mean in one sentence the most insane wonderful whimsical amazing incredible trip of my life um, yeah so Going into New Zealand, I get there and um, I, oh, at the time I was I was dating a girl. Um, I had just left and my boss at In and Out, um, I worked for In and Out. Mm-hmm. I was like just getting ready to start making fries, French fries. Oh yeah. And and then my boss, I, I went to the corporate office one day and I basically introduced myself to the to the person who looked most official to me. Okay. And good turns, strategy. Yeah, yeah. Great strategy. Okay, who looks like they have a nice suit and looks. Maybe over 40. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And 
and just myself impressed him and he basically offered me a job with like lots of money after college yeah like it was random like at the time I was like this is perfect yeah so I had this plan right like I was getting a girl I was gonna be, come back and work for in and out corporate <laughs> I knew where I wanted to live and essentially I, then I got to New Zealand and um, it kind of felt like yeah that was my plan on a piece of paper and God kind of was like oh that's that's a really cool piece of paper but I'm gonna put it in the shredder and let's <laughs> let's start working on a new piece of paper together, right? Because <laughs> yeah. I was putting that piece of paper up together all by myself. Uh-huh. And um, throughout the semester, I feel like I now have a better idea of what's being written on that paper, which is which is pretty cool. So yeah, yeah that relationship ended maybe three days in to the yeah. to the trip, which was super tough. Um, a little background about me: I don't do well with pain. <laughs> um, painful things in the past have led me to do very stupid things um, with women or um, substances or just, you know, making crazy life decisions. And so then being alone in New Zealand um, in a breakup, that was crazy, right? Because right. pain, especially because, like, I, I, my, my idea of love, I was in love with this person, mm-hmm. and then... And then I was all alone. My support system wasn't even there. And so if I can't, you know, function with pain with my support system around me, then how in the world was I going to function right. you know, all by myself? Right. So three days in, I basically needed to make a decision. Am I going to function or not? Because mm. this could be the most, you know, crazy three months full of debauchery and um, <laughs> craziness. Right. Or it can be really, really good. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's a huge, that's a huge, I think, part of um, my story now is that <laughs> my whole life has been a pretty cool, or a, a terrible testament to like, man, I do not ever seek comfort in Jesus. Mm. Right. Maybe I'm a Christian. Right. But when things happen that are hard, what do I do? I go to something else, not him. And so this was the first time that I ever um, found comfort in God which is amazing, mm-hmm. super like stoked. And I, and I have to say it, it could not have been me, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's no way in this place all by myself that I could have been able to like, with like stay away from temptations and actually be solved. Like there, right. There was some. Help. So, so say more about like the choice that you made. Mm-hmm. So, cause you're saying that it's not you, Yeah, but you're also saying that, you made a choice. Yeah, I think it's I think it's both. I think and I think that I think that when uh, that's a good that's a good distinction that, that I feel like I understand in my head, but then verbalizing it is so hard. Uh-huh. But I think that, you know, the things that we do, um, you know, we obviously we have free will in the, in the right. Mind, right? Obviously. Like I can choose to cut this cup or not. Right, classic um, argument. Classic. I can right? throw this pen across the room. And I am not a Calvinist. <laughs> also not an Arminian. I don't know where I live in the play, but... Molinism. But, <laughs> Molinism, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Greg, you hear me? <laughs> um, no, he, but, he doesn't listen. No. <laughs> we, we can get him. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, so I'm, I'm going to get this sent to me in a few days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, hey, listen to this. <laughs> no, but... Um, uh, uh, genuinely, like, I just know that the Lord was somehow involved. Could not tell you how, mm-hmm. couldn't describe it, but the Lord was somehow involved in that decision that I made to just uh-huh. find refuge in Jesus. Yeah. I don't know, understand the order of those events, I don't understand how, but it was fully a decision that I made while also being, I was extremely helped. Yeah. And I can't, yeah, I can't even explain that. It's, it's weird. I remember, and there wasn't like a t- specific moment too. Uh-huh. I remember several days of feeling tempted. I lived in a town, small town, 10,000 people yeah. in Kaikoura, New Zealand. And the people in this town were amazing, but these are like were party people. Like, <laughs> they're people. They're my people. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. I remember being kind of excited. Like I got there and I remember there was a bar that looked so cool. Uh-huh. Like there was a fireplace inside and like, just like the most, like it kind of felt like a cabin, you know? Yeah. And I could just picture myself going for a surf and then going and getting sloshed. <laughs> you know, I just like, that would be so fun. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and that was a temptation I had several times. I mean, 
cigarettes also were like I don't I didn't see many people vaping I don't know if vaping has gotten there yet okay it hasn't made it you know that's maybe, maybe <laughs> this is an American thing right now okay. the rest of the world still think that's stupid hopefully it's nice that way <laughs> yeah, yeah 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 but um, a lot of cigarettes um, that's a huge temptation for me and then yeah a lot of women like for it being a 10,000 person town there were several women women in their 20s and these there were several. several there were like three of them there were like seven <laughs> <laughs> But like these were not these were women who were into surfing and hiking and uh-huh. and they so I mean in also other words, your people also they were hot yeah <laughs> like oh my gosh so all these temptations so there were several times within those first two weeks it was like oh my gosh it's so easy yeah like almost like hate myself like why am I not I have, better, <laughs> I have a better excuse than ever right and so somehow so I have no idea how and and it was crazy because like. I remember my past times in my life where, like, like in high school, for example, like when something bad happened, I remember the specific time where I was just like, oh, this sucks. But I remember telling my dad, dad, this sucks. And my dad be like, you just need to go pray and, and take refuge in God. And I'm like, what does that even mean? Yeah. Taking refuge is such an abstract thing. It's like, no. yeah. So I went to the store and I pretended to be 21 and I bought a vape. Mm-hmm. Right. And then I, you know, like. I achieved that thing. <laughs> no, but like, like it, it did not make sense to me. But then, like, all of a sudden, it clicked. And I started, like, praying, like, abnormally a lot. And that helped. Uh-huh. That was that was easy because I did not have any friends there. Um, I made friends with people in the town. Uh-huh. But, but, like, I was by myself a lot. Like, I spent a lot of time by myself, which was really good. And, that time was spent praying and I learned how to do breath prayers and I learned how to be grateful. Yeah. Like being grateful was something I never really practiced um, until then. How did your perspective on prayer shift mm-hmm. after kind of in that season? Yeah. Like what, how did it become something different? Yeah. Well, before, before New Zealand, prayer was something that, you know, you do because you're a Christian, right? Right. But then in New Zealand, it became something like, no, I need a friend. Hmm. It became like a, no, I need, I need to tell somebody about this, and I could tell this person or this person or this person. I could call this person, this person, but I know that the, I know that the, the, the first person that should hear this is, is God, hmm. and and that became just comforting, being able to talk to Him, and actually trusting and believing that He cared. Um, yeah, that was huge. How did you feel like um, God was responding to that? Yeah, so that's. Interesting, and this is where it gets kind of like, like now that I'm back here and I say this kind of thing, uh-huh. I'm like, oh, Max, you're so charismatic and silly. Okay. But like, genuinely, like, this is something that I, I genuinely think, like, Ram thinks, like, like I would notice, wow, those flowers are red. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I'm high. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, God, thank you for helping me notice that. <laughs> awesome. Uh-huh. Or, um, like, in the morning, there were these huge so Kaikoura is a small coastal city like on the water but it's also like it's, it's underneath these massive mountains it's the Kaikoura mountain range mm-hmm. right and so because we're next to a um oh I'm not science fault, fault. fault line. <laughs> it's because we're next to a fault line okay so we have mountains right next to the sea mm-hmm. and like a thousand kilometer or a thousand meters off of the uh, one kilometer off of the, the shore mm-hmm. is like a super deep trench right okay. so it's like they say, like, one of the things they say in tourism in Court is, like, onshore, it goes at a thousand feet, or a thousand um, meters, mm-hmm. and offshore, it goes down a thousand meters. Like, it's really cool. Ah. It's interesting. So, that's, that's why there's so much amazing wildlife teeming yeah. everywhere in this town. But these mountains, like, stunned me. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like this was part of my waking up experience, was waking up in the morning, and then running to my window to see if I could see the mountains. Because sometimes clouds would absolutely cover in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, we get that marine layer, and so there, sometimes they weren't they weren't clear. Yeah. And so in the mornings that these mountains would be clear, it would be like, okay, that is awesome. Yeah. These are beautiful. Uh-huh. These are the word majesty is what came to mind so much. Mm. Like three words echoed throughout the whole three months: majesty, glory, and wonder. Mm. Those three words, and it's like all of creation that I saw, like those three words kept kind of... Yeah. So what do those mean, like, in, in relation to the mountains? Like, how did you see yourself in relationship to the mountains while you were there? Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, first of all, the coolest thing about the mountains I found out first was, okay, like, I, 
I relate to some of the Psalms more. Mm. Like David's like, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does my help come from? He's talking about, oh my gosh, look at those massive mountains mm-hmm. that they, like, they boggle my mind because they're so massive. Like I feel tiny. Yeah. God made that. Mm-hmm. And then you think, oh my gosh. And then he put the same effort into those massive mountains that he put into you. Mm-hmm. So he must love me. Mm-hmm. And then here's the thing. He loves me actually like so, so, so much that he sent his son to die. Like it just puts the whole gospel um, and the whole story of the Bible just in the in the core perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also me in relation to these mountains, I realized like, I was like, oh dang, like when I left New Zealand, like coming home, when I was driving away from New Zealand, actually my eyes were not on the coast, they were on the mountains. Huh. Which is huge for me if you yeah. know me. Especially, I mean, you mentioned earlier, like you're like, New Zealand, why do I want to go? Surf. To surf. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and like, don't get me wrong, surfing was top three things in New Zealand for me. Wow, top but, three. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I need to talk more about that. But like, like these mountains like captured me. They, um, yeah, they felt like a, 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 like a jewel, like, mm. <laughs> not the babe. Um, <laughs> but, but like, like, yeah, 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 yeah. But like, these were extremely precious to me. Um, and it was cool. Did, really how, cool. how were you interacting with them? I, I know oh, you're, hi- I know you're hiking, yeah. um, yeah. but was it like, a were you trying to make it to the top? Mm-hmm. Were you exploring? Yeah. So there's several mountains, but. My mountain uh-huh. is called Mount, Mount Kaidara. Okay. Um, Why is it your mountain? Exactly. Yeah, good question. So, <laughs> so that was something that we kind of talked about is the importance of naming. Mm. And that's so important in creation. I mean, some people believe that in Genesis 1, that's not actually the story of creation. That's the story of God naming mm. creation, um, which for people who believe in the old earth versus the new earth, like that's a huge thing. And, and we don't have to talk about that right now. But but names, regardless whether you believe that or not, are so important biblically mm-hmm. right i mean if you think about just yeah yeah so so mount kairo was my mountain in the sense that it was a mountain that i went on several times it was mm-hmm. the mountain that i could climb to the peak mm-hmm. in six hours from my house oh, if wow. i wanted to yeah i slept over there several times it was a it was an amazing place and it became like my mountain mm-hmm. um, and a cool thing about new zealand culture the maori people the first peoples of new zealand they when they would introduce themselves to other tribes, mm-hmm. an individual would 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 introduce themselves saying, okay, this is who my father is, this is who my mountain is. Mm. Right? And that's almost like saying, okay, this is my this is my last name, this is my neighborhood. Yeah. Right? Like this it's a huge part of your identity. Right. And so um, I feel like we've definitely lost that in America. Like I didn't before going to New Zealand, I didn't have a mountain. Right. I, the only mountain I could think of close to me was Big Bear. Right. Like who knows Wimpy Mountain? Yeah, like why? Why would we name a mountain Big Bear? Like what? <laughs> um, it smells lazy. Like yeah, like so. So that was so cool to like yeah be not in relationship, but like feel close ties to a mountain uh-huh. um, and learn things about that mountain and learn stories about this mountain from the first peoples uh-huh. and learn about the plants and the trees and the names of those plants and trees. Yeah. On that mountain, uh-huh. and one of the names of the birds in this mountain, like it, it was really cool, and it, it really does connect you closer uh-huh. to this part of creation. Yeah, which then in turn made me feel closer to God. Mm. Really so cool. you're more you're you're not like hiking to like oh we're gonna make it to the top of this peak so that we can get there at this time. We'll eat lunch. We'll make our way back down. No, it's more about like you're spending a lot of time with this space, dude. Yeah, no, like I, I'm before New Zealand, I would hike places so that I could say I could hike, I had hiked them, uh-huh. right? Right. Or I'd gone like, like I would, like Yosemite was on my bucket list, yeah. you know? But then, like in Mount Cairo, at first it's really frustrating me, but the group I was with would stop and study the plants and stay for like 20 <laughs> minutes. And I remember being so frustrated, like, okay, okay, let's go, come on. Right. But like slowly that became something that I too was like, okay. Like we're in this place. It's uh-huh. not about getting to the top. Yeah. Which was the end semester. I went by myself to Mount Kairo and I um I didn't actually even go to the top. Mm. I went for I was there for twenty four hours. Mm. But I didn't ever go to the top. Yeah. Because I just wanted to be in that place. Huh. And I mean I don't think going to the top or doing it fast is wrong. Right. But it is about appreciating this 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 place and being able to really be in it, I feel like. Yeah. Sometimes you forget 
the things that you're in while you're in them. Mm. Like, like I can't tell you any of the names of, of plants at Biola, mm-hmm. right? Because I've not spent the time to know the place that we're in, right. even though we're in it all the time. Right. Right? Like, what is the tree outside of um, Rose Hall, right? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's... But, like, I wonder what knowing that name... Like, then you would know that tree every single time. Right. When you pass by, you go, that's a mm-hmm. tree, or that's a birch tree. Right. And that, that all of a sudden attaches this meaning to it and this connection to creation. Yeah. And interesting, too, because I'm thinking about trees on campus, and I'm like, the, you know the one behind Mayers uh, mm-hmm. or Myers? Yes. Um, yeah, the yeah. big... The big one. Yeah. The big leaves, yeah. So, like, I don't know the name of that tree, but because I spent a lot of time there, mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. okay, I have a relationship with this tree. Like, I, I yeah. understand it in relationship to myself. Yeah. But if you know the name for a tree, it actually allows you to have... It's like, you know... The, there's the first tree, right? And it's like the first birch tree you see. Yeah, yeah. But then you learn it as a birch tree. And now anytime you see a birch tree, you, know you understand. Exactly. Yeah. You recognize it. Yeah. It's like when you get your car, right? You buy your car for a lot. Then you start to see that car everywhere. Right. Right? <laughs> yeah. that exactly. Right? Same thing with trees, dude. When I was in New Zealand, there's a tree called the Totoro tree. Uh-huh. Or sorry, the, the Tarotar tree. So there's two trees that are spelled almost identically. Okay. <laughs> I always mix them up, but it looks very different. Um, the Totoro tree is this massive tree. Mm-hmm. The, the Tarata is a, the English name is lemon wood, because the, the leaves, if you crush them, they smell like lemon. Mm-hmm. It's really, it's really cool. But I like, we had this cool um, assignment that we did where we just spent time, like 30 minutes to an hour, just sitting in this square meter. Mm-hmm. And whenever it was in that square meter, you would just write about, and you'd become kind of in relationship with this area of, of creation. Mm-hmm. And so in my square meter was a, a tongue type tree. And at the first, I had no idea what this tree was. Hmm. Didn't know what the name was. And I kind of felt ashamed that I didn't know what the name was, so I didn't ask. Right? Because yeah. you're doing this by yourself, so no one's nearby. You can't be like, hey, what is this? Right. I'd have to, like, take a picture of the tree, go back and be like, I've been looking at this tree for two weeks. I don't know what it is. Can yeah. you tell me? Like, <laughs> and so finally, um, I, like, took a pic- I did take a picture of the tree, and then I compared it to the leaves of New Zealand trees. And nice. I finally figured it out. And I remember being feeling so proud once I figured it out. But then also realizing, oh my gosh, I see this tree all the time. Huh. And I had never realized. Interesting. Right? And yeah. so, um, and it's really cool. And then also, I want to say, like, even if you don't know the name of a tree, I think you can still practice this appreciation. Uh-huh. Like, like for example, like, I think, I think you just need to be in the right mindset. I don't think it's just about naming. Right. Like, I think it's also just like, if you go out in the ocean, you're surfing, and you see dolphins... Cool, cool if you know that that's a bottlenose dolphin. Yeah. Right? But if you don't, you can still be like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Those are dolphins. Right. I think the goal is just not to be like, oh, cool dolphins. Right. Like, that's sick. I saw them. Let's move on. Check the box. Yeah. <laughs> like, slow down. Mm-hmm. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think naming just helps you with that. Yeah. So. Well, and honestly, it probably doesn't even matter what name it, it is. You could give it. It's, it's just whatever your own name. It's just what, it. if it matters to you. Yeah. Right. It's giving yeah. it meaning for you. Right. Right. And naming is a mechanism to do that. Exactly. It's identifying, so singling it out, mm-hmm. but also giving it value. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and so that was a huge part of it. By the end of my semester, I knew a ton of birds' names. Like, you'd see a bird fly by, and I was not a bird guy before New Zealand. Then this bird flies by, and at the end, I'm like, oh my gosh, like, Kiru. Amazing. I have a favorite bird now. I mm. never would have thought I'd said that. Yeah. It's called the Kea. Okay. Because it makes it sound like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Nice classic bird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's this green alpine parrot, flightless oh, bird. Wow. It's actually the only alpine parrot in the world. It's That's the sick. Funniest little bird ever. It kind of hobbles around, doesn't even fly that much, and it's uh-huh. super curious. Huh. Reminds me of me. <laughs> like, like, a year ago, I thought birds were stupid. Yeah. My sister asked me if I wanted to go birding with her, and I said, that sounds dumb. Like, yeah. And so now, like being here uh-huh. and not knowing the names of birds, but be seeing them and appreciating them, like, uh-huh. okay, so different. So that was a huge way that, yeah, I feel like I grew. Yeah, that was like God's creation. Being able to pay attention to it and and um, yeah, love it and then love the Creator through it. Right. Uh, okay. So I know you've you and I have talked about like being slow a lot, and yeah. you've kind of hinted at that. Yeah. Um. So I want to ask you about that, but then I also want to get to transitioning back to mm-hmm. 
here yeah. um, in California. Yeah. Yeah. So, so talk to me about what slow. you learned about being slow and then we'll move to that. Can I combine them? Sure. Okay, cool. Let's do this thing. So yeah, so I've said a little bit about like, like this is some of the transformation I've gone through like with creation and with getting there and kind of being a completely different person than I am now. Mm-hmm. And a big bit of that transformation was after finding refuge in God and realizing that my life started to change a ton. A ton. I realized, okay, like I've been lukewarm toward Jesus my whole life. Mm. I actually want to get to know this guy. Okay. And then I also want to actually like follow him. Mm. Right. And following him is different than just living holy. Now that's a huge part of it. Right. But like you also got to like show the gospel. And what is the gospel? Mm-hmm. I realized I didn't even know what the gospel was before mm. New Zealand. I thought it was about, okay, God sent his son to save me. Mm-hmm. That's the gospel. But whether or not I exist, the gospel still exists, right? Like, right, like, like, like the gospel does not depend on me, right? The gospel is Jesus' game, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like Jesus saves everyone because he is king. Like right. that is what is important, right? right? And so, like, it's the fulfilling of all the Old Testament prophecies. It is that Jesus come, he is here. So, um, in understanding that, that grew my faith so much that slowly my yeah my priorities started to change and that has changed um for reals like i actually have come home like mm-hmm. i've actually like gotten to keep some of that stuff that i wanted so yeah. that's awesome so um quick real quick so for with jesus like i'm trying to understand him more and know him i realized that he is slow mm. right like he took like when lazarus died yeah he was slow to get there uh-huh. <laughs> super slow yeah. um and I know that like, I, like there's more theology like and deeper context like he waited three days because usually that's in Jewish culture how long it would be to consider a and someone dead actually dead right. right right but then there's also like the fact that like Jesus just took his time right like <laughs> like back to like old earth versus new earth like I really like old earth because it means that God took more than seven days to create the world mm-hmm. create the universe mm-hmm. and I think about you know. The leaf of a plant, I think God could have spent a million years on creating this leaf. Mm-hmm. Because of how much detail it has and how much this leaf is delighting in God in being a leaf. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I just God is slow. God takes his time. He is he relishes in the in just things being things and 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 and, and being itself delighting. Um and, and so I just think of like a wild creature um, let's say a bird a bird being a bird a bird being a bird living slow is delighting in God and then God is delighting in that bird being a bird mm-hmm. and so taking that home I want to be you know what did God create me to be and and how can I be that how uh-huh. can I do that and I think the best way to do that is just to live extremely slow so what does that mean um, I think that I was created to um, share the gospel, right? I mean, the Great Commission, I, I need to go. And then there's things that I just absolutely love. I love to write. Mm-hmm. I love to read. I love to serve. And so putting all that together, um, I want to come home. I want, I want, in New Zealand, I realized I wanted to come home and um, I wanted to, to go. Mm-hmm. Actually fulfill the Great Commission. You know, mm-hmm. actually listen and follow Jesus. That's what does that actually mean? Not just sit on your butt and, you know, be comfortable, but get out and go and read and write and surf for the glory of God while also sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. And then when I can combine those things. Yeah. And so two big things, like tangible ways that I'm trying to do that is one, this semester I'm trying to start a ministry. If you, I don't know, it's, it's really in, in the works right now, but mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out a way to just, I just want to do free surf lessons at Huntington Beach, right? I want to take time out of every Saturday or every other Saturday and just be there with surfboards ready to, if anyone comes, I can give them free surf lessons. Mm-hmm. People always ask me, you know, can you teach me how to surf? I'm always like, yeah, sure. And I never get back to you. Right. Um, but I want to start actually like, like people, if people want to surf, yeah. people who are coming out of town want, want surf lessons. Yeah. Then this is a great way to share the gospel. Yeah. Right? Like what a great, if people are coming to you. You know, like, because they want something. Right. They, they give them the gospel. Right. And the thing they want, but give them the gospel. Right. So, um, I'm calling it Surf Mission, and that's one way I, I want to do that, is just free surf lessons in which I to share the gospel. Yeah. And another way is writing. And so, I've been writing a book, and it's been a huge way of forcing myself to live slow, not rush from thing to thing, but wake up in the mornings 
Um, even if it means waking up earlier, taking time with my coffee, my quiet time, and prayer, and then taking some time to write. Yeah. I mean, it is such a life-giving thing to just kind of create a story. Uh-huh. And so I'm kind of writing, not an autobiography, but a fictional story uh-huh. about somebody kind of like me and my experience in New Zealand, and just kind of waking up, you know, and figuring out, okay, what is important? Yeah. Is it important to live slow? Is it important to be efficient and get things done? You know? Right. And, and I don't think it's bad to be efficient and get things done. I think it's really important for some people. For me, I want to be somebody who just lives slow and shares the gospel. Uh-huh. And there's going to be something that need to be efficient and get things done, but I don't want that to be my priority. Right. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. Like, being efficient and getting things done is great. Yeah. But I don't want to wake up in the morning and be like, okay, I'm going to get things done today. Yeah. I want to wake up in the morning and be like, how can I share the gospel? Mm-hmm. Which, honestly, that can be the same right. sentence. Right. It's just a different... Yeah. Perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so to me, like it's, it's really interesting that living slow in New Zealand made you feel ambitious in your return. Yeah. Because a lot of times ambition is gets tied with, you know, high energy. Yeah. Let's go fast. Let's start doing stuff. Yeah, and and yeah. to some extent, you are doing that. Like you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I need to take action. Mm-hmm. So you're starting your book. Well, I don't, and I don't think that living slow means no action, right? And right. I think it's the important distinction you're making. Uh huh. So what's what's the difference then? Yeah. Um, between taking action slowly, um, even if it's immediate slow action, right? Versus um, kind of fast action. Yeah. Okay, so a good example is in New Zealand, I got really into baking bread. Mm-hmm. This would require me to wake up 30 minutes earlier and then take some time out of my free time. Mm-hmm. So in a way, it was forcing me to like live slower, right? It was not, you know, it was preventing me from completing other tasks. Mm. It was requiring me to do something that was a little bit more quiet. And But when I did it, I felt the delight. Like, I felt like, oh my gosh. God is delighting in right now as I'm delighting this bread. Mm. You know, that's how it felt. Yeah. And and that to me is living slow. It's, it's in doing things. It might be like, oh, it's, so, it's such a hard, it's such a weird thing. It It's doing things that remind you like that you're kind of alive. Um, and so when I go surfing, I'm actually like, I'm not being lazy. When I go, when I make big bread, I'm not being lazy. You know, if I was lazy and I was, I, I, I guess I could be slow and sloth, like sloth. Right. Yeah. But, but I mean more slow and mindful, like uh-huh. slow and um, thinking intentionally about every single thing I do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think living fast to me is going from thing to thing to thing to thing and not attaching any meaning to it. Hmm. Um, and so in baking bread, for example, and in feeling that delight, I felt like I was living slow because I was taking the time to think about okay, I'm making bread. And for that bread, I'm grateful. Mm-hmm. And I can feel like I'm delighted by this bread. And I can feel God's delight. Yeah. I guess it's also, I feel like most things that like feel like slow are also things that I can be, um, and something I just thought about. Like all these things, the things I can also be praying while I do them. Yeah. Surfing, baking bread, writing. There are things where I can be constantly in com- communication with, with the creator. Yeah couple of things. One, um, GK Chesterton talks mm-hmm. about how, um, the most extraordinary things are also the most ordinary things. Yes. So like, um, and that kind of seems like you're thinking in a similar vein there that mm-hmm. like living slow isn't, isn't about speed really. Mm-hmm. It's more about the attention with which you treat the things you would normally do. Totally. Um, so that's, yeah. Yeah, that, that puts, yeah, good job. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for translating. <laughs> that is correct. Um, I'm trying to remember what the second thing was now. Um, yeah, no, but I, no, I, I absolutely, I love that quote. I, that's actually a quote that one of my professors used in New Zealand. Okay. And talking about, don't try to be extraordinary. Yeah. Like, make an impact, mm-hmm. right? Like, making that distinction, like, but it's not about you. It's yeah. not about me. Right. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. Right. So, so be ordinary and live an ordinary life, but then go. 
Yeah. Right? Like. Uh, sorry. Now I'm remembering this. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It also feels like what you're talking about is something like your mind, your body, and your soul being in the same place at the same time, totally. doing the same thing. Totally. Where. And maybe this is a good segue for coming back, but mm-hmm. like, I think that's a really hard thing to do as a college student, as an American, mm-hmm. as, you know, as someone our age. Yeah. Um, no, that it's really hard. It's really hard. And that's actually, so my big goal for the next month is to figure out my slow structure. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I need a, I'm a high PPO guy. Mm-hmm. I need a lot of structure, mm. which is kind of feels antithetical to slow right high structure means thing to thing to thing right but yeah for me slow structure means making sure i do things every day that are right mind body and soul yeah connected it's and it's not about um creating as much time in the day to get as many things done as possible yeah it's more about setting time aside that you're like you're you're actually blocking it off yeah. So you can't use it for other things. <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like I, I try to, I, I watch a lot of TV, <laughs> a lot of TV. I'm trying to watch TV less this year, but, but so far, like, unless I'm with people, like it has been such a great thing. Like, okay, whenever I would have a desire to watch TV, mm-hmm. I should make myself right. Mm-hmm. And I always come out feeling so good. Right. Like, I feel good. Right. Physically. Yeah. Like I just went on a roller coaster. Right. But I'm sitting on the couch. Right. Right? Like doing that your body's doing similar a similar thing. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I am sitting. Right. That's right, that's right, that's right. Um and I, I feel a little bit of adrenaline. Like when I write something I love, uh-huh. dude, I feel stoked. Right. It's like I just caught a wave and like <laughs> like it was so weird. In New Zealand when I started writing my book, I remember I would get just as excited about that as the insane waves that I was surfing uh-huh. while I was there. Yeah. Which is crazy to think about before going to New Zealand. Going there, thinking I was going to get as stoked about riding as I was the waves. Because right. waves are the biggest reason I went. Right. right. So, that was bizarre. But yeah, coming back, dude, I'm, I was terrified of America. Uh-huh. America is built on speed, it feels like. Like, I remember venting to my dad, like, Dad, how can I come back? I don't want to make money anymore. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't want to work in and out. Screw it. Cheeseburgers sound like a terrible way to spend my time. Yeah. You know? And... And so he, and he's like, dude, well, what do you like to do? And I said, well, I like, I like to practice karate. He's like, dude, then you should, you know, go back to the dojo and teach. Yeah. Because um, I'm a black belt. <laughs> Flex. Uh, and, and so coming home and just, that is a very slow job to me. And okay. I was very fast paced, you know, which is right. just by the nature, not right. just speedy and like living, but like it's fast paced. Right. Karate is like you you spend time with these students and you pour into them and they, you, you, um, I just, I just have fun doing it. Yeah. Right. And, and that has just been such a great way of like, okay, I'm not making money. Right. I, I mean as much, but I'm really enjoying my life. Hmm. And so I think coming home, it's scary to like try to slow down and try to stay kind of the way I am Yeah. from in New Zealand, but it's also like super doable. That's what okay. I realized. It's yeah. super, super doable. You just got to tell yourself, okay, money's not the most important thing. Right. And it's not about me. Yeah. It's not about me. Mm-hmm. That's good. Like, if it's not about me, then I shouldn't have to worry about money because, you know, that that's actually been the biggest thing I've learned since being home is that, I mean, I, I mean, did all this work in New Zealand. I learned how to take refuge in God. I learned how to be present and take joy yeah. in the Lord, even though I was sad. Yeah. Like, being my balance, okay, I'm sad right now, but I... Said my life is so rich. That was an amazing revelation. And then being able to like learn forgiveness, and then I had this beautiful perspective of God's grace, like oh, like how incredible that was. Yeah. And then I came home, and I kind of expected myself to be perfect. Yeah. And then I messed up. Yeah. Right. I messed up, and I remember that feeling absolutely terrible, and like, thinking, oh my gosh, Max, nothing even, nothing even changed. Right. You went to New Zealand, now you're back, and you're the exact same Max. Right. And, and then, and then realizing, no, 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 actually, like, if I believe that, then I am the same exact max. Huh. But in choosing not to believe that and choosing, okay, you know what? It's not about me. Yeah. Now, should I, should I pursue holiness? Yes. Yeah. But it's not about me. It's about Jesus. Yeah. 
So I can choose to fall into God's grace yeah. and move forward. Because I'm going to go, I'm also going to go very brokenly. And I know that God you know, he loves me in my brokenness. Yeah. And that God uses brokenness constantly. Yeah. All over the Bible, all over, you know, just like our daily lives. Like brokenness is how, is what God uses for his kingdom. And so, yeah, yeah it's just been, it's been, it's the whole thing has just been learning to trust God. Yeah. In ways that I never thought I could. So, yeah, that's really good. I think, I think a lot of people would benefit from learning that lesson that like what you say about yourself Mm -hmm. and what you believe about yourself are very important factors. And Mm -hmm. I I liked what you said about like, if I were to believe that, then I'd be the same. I'd be the same max. Exactly. Um, And and that's not to say like, like, no, like avoid, avoid sin, right? right, right. I'm not saying sin's okay, but like also saying that you're not going to sin is so prideful. Mm -hmm. Like, like being ashamed, like after you repent, but then still being ashamed feels so contradictory to me mm. because it's basically saying, okay, I just messed up, but then I repented mm-hmm. I fell into God's grace, but I still feel ashamed because God's grace isn't good enough. Yeah. No, no, God's grace is good enough. Yeah. He saves you. So just move forward. Yeah. You know, don't, don't, yeah, don't get stuck in acting. The devil would like nothing more than to get you at the moment that God, like, Loves you most, like the, not loves you most, but like love, like <laughs> it's most clear. Like the perspective, the day after I sin, is my favorite perspective. Hmm. Because it's the it's the time when I'm so, you know, I'm in, in wake of my sin and in my falling and in my my brokenness. Yeah. I have such a clear understanding and perspective of of God and how much He loves me despite. So nothing matters except hmm. following Him. Yeah. And that's a picture of God. I feel like some people just never. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. That puts you, the goal then becomes not to be, um, it, it, it's not about acting perfectly. It's about being in constant repentance. Yeah. 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 It's in, yeah. I mean, and that's the thing is God, I don't think, I don't think God expects us to, like God expects us to be broken. Right. Which right. is a bizarre thing to think about. Like, we should be trying. But, like, I think in trying almost, oh, this is this is hard because it's tricky. But, like, in trying too hard to be perfect, I think we're missing the point. Yeah, you can't, you can't act out of uh, fear of not being perfect. Yeah, we, yeah. I mean, I think our message is to be pursue the, the Father. And if you mess up. Keep pursuing the Father. Right. You know? Right. It's a... Mission's the same. Right. Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah nothing changes. Like, yeah. It's like sometimes we mess up, it's like, oh, I messed up, I'm not perfect, I gotta get perfect again. Yeah. And it's such a simple message that, I think, especially at Biola, a place ingrained with so much biblical knowledge, and yeah. it just, we forget that simple thing yeah. all the time. Yes, I did. Yeah, for sure. So, coming back, it's been amazing. Um, the boys, it's been so fun. Yeah. I remember being in New Zealand, and just wanting to be in the house, like, mm. like not just like yeah. hang out with you guys, but just like sit back and like enjoy you guys around yeah. me. And so that's been amazing. And I'm sorry, I do want to go back yeah. to no, um, bring it on. I liked, I really liked what your dad hmm. advised you to do, which is like, well, what do you, what do you like to do? Yeah, and I think that's a really hard um, thing to prioritize. Yeah. And I also like what you're saying, like. The common saying is time is money, but you're saying time's actually more valuable than money. Oh, I want to be time rich, bro. Right. And what you do with your time is, is actually can be ex, you know, infinitely more valuable yeah. than what you can do with money. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I just think of all those like cheesy, like artsy short films Okay. about like, you know, like the businessman that goes to work and doesn't have a life. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like, I think that's so stinking freaking true. Right. It could have been you. You're that yeah. close. I was so stinking close. Um, yeah, I want to be Tom Rich. There was a there's a farmer in New Zealand who lives in a tiny house. He's a minimalist, and he just is addicted to window berrying and gardening. <laughs> um, he lives off the land. So yeah, he has this tiny house. It's a one room building. The or it's a one. Yeah, there's there's four walls. Okay. This whole house. Right. 
there's different levels to the house. Right. Um, where like there's like a bed on one level, mm-hmm. and then the kitchen below that, and the other is the seating area. But like the whole thing is like tiny. It's awesome. And then they have an outside shower that's connected to the river. They have um like a just ton of land. Yeah. And he just they just they make their food like they they garden their food. Right. And they and he just spends all day with his family. Hmm. And they read, and they garden, mm-hmm. and they are absolutely time rich. Mm-hmm. And they have such a simple life. And I think somebody from Orange County would be would hate that at first. Mm-hmm. I went after like I would I don't think I would have liked that at first. Yeah. I went after being in New Zealand for two months. Right. Getting there, after being there for two months, and just looking around, I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, this man wakes up every morning and prays. Mm-hmm. And then he spends the whole day with God, and also with his family. Yeah. And all of his meals are just in the yard. Yeah. And his friends come over sometimes, but he doesn't have any bills to pay. Mm-hmm. So he owns the land he lives on, and he doesn't have any other expenses. Right. Like, it is a simple life, and I couldn't do that forever. Like, that sounds amazing. Yeah. For a little bit. Like, I think, it's like, okay, but they're not connected. And they're not, they don't have Wi-Fi. They don't, I think they have a laptop for, like, emergency emails. <laughs> but, like, they are just, they're dependent on God. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Like, if their food doesn't grow, they don't have food. Right. <laughs> like, which is like the biggest American no-no yeah. out there. <laughs> oh my gosh, it feels, yeah, that is that is anti-capitalism, Brayden. <laughs> oh, no, but like that is it, it. It's it was crazy to be there and like, and so just this and to see the relationship between this man and his family, the man and his wife, and their friendship. It wasn't just like, it felt so bizarre. Yeah, so bizarre. It also felt very like. Um, ancient mm. like it felt old yeah, yeah i don't know how to describe that yeah no i get it but it, like it's not a it's not a novel way of living it wasn't yeah yeah but yeah it was bizarre and so um they but he was time rich and i remember i remember like kind of like observing him and he was talking about what it means to be time rich let's break it back. okay um I like, oh my gosh that's amazing and so then coming back here trying to figure out ways to be time rich i have no plan yeah. For the future. I'm trying not to have any plans. It's right. part of my trusting God thing right now. Yeah. Lord willing, I'll do this. Lord willing, I'll do that. Yeah. Whole James passage. But um, like going back to New Zealand, like he offered for me to stay with him for like however long. Like that sounds amazing. Right. Right? Learn how many times. And I think that is the biggest way I can trust God is to literally have zero plan, but just be open to whatever time rich opportunities come. Right. Because they're there. It's just being bold enough to let go of the idol of money. Right. Right? Because those are the idols of love, the idol of control, the idol of popularity, the idol of money. Right. Those are all staying present. Right. It's just... So what would you say to somebody who... Uh, so I'll, I'll use myself as an example, but it could be yeah. other people as well. So yeah. like I'm, I'm getting married soon. Right. I'm working full time in an yeah. office job. Yeah. And it's not my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. And I need to like, you know, I'm in a space where I, I do, I do practically need to save up the money. No. Right. So I can't, I can't disregard it altogether. Yeah. Um, but then I also hear what you're saying mm-hmm. and want mm-hmm. part of that, the simplicity, yeah. the slowness, the intentionality. Yeah. How do, how does someone like me or someone who's, older and they have their first kid right and they're trying to raise this kid and they need to work so they can raise the kid totally. how do they make what you're talking about a priority um, mm-hmm. do you have any practical or yeah. ideological kind of like well, there's so many advice. things I want to say first okay like, first of all I mean this is the whole like I have zero responsibilities right I'm single which you're fortunate and, and, and it's I'm fortunate. beautiful I'm also yeah. like you know Dang it. <laughs> right. like, yeah. There's so much like 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 pros and cons, right? And obviously we can Definitely. talk about that all day. Right. And so um yeah, like that's that is one of the blessings of singleness is being able to do whatever the freak I want right right now. Right? Like if this door opens, if God opens this door, I can walk through that without any hesitation almost. Right. Um other than prayer. Like for you, you have to talk to your fiance. Right. You have to talk to Aaliyah. You have to um, if you had a kid, you right. have to see what was in the best interest of that kid. Right. 
Um, and so yeah, money is different once you have, once you're responsible for other human beings. Right. <laughs> um, and so then I would kind of start to ask, okay, I would want to know, I would want to know, well, what is, what is the standard that you want to live? Hmm. Like, what is the standard? Like, because yeah. I think it varies person to person. We're all called different things. A big reason I feel convicted to be time slow. Mm-hmm. I feel like I should have said this earlier. The reason I want to be time slow, the reason I want to be time rich is because that's how I feel most close to God. Yeah. Right? Before when I was living fast, I wasn't close to God. Yeah. And so this isn't as much of like a, oh, this is the ideal little way of living. No, it's just, it works for me because I need to be close to Jesus and this is what I need to do. Right. Um, and so if you can live in the money-making world and keep Jesus close, dude. Right. Awesome. Right. Right? Just don't get comfortable. Right. But then I would say like if you... If you, if this kind of a idea like, is kind of like seems attractive to you, I think take the first step and figure out okay, and maybe be a little radical. There's I read a book and then I talked to a guy in New Zealand. The book was all about how this couple with their kids, which it was like okay, well I'm tired of my job, I hate it, and I also feel like I need to do ministry. So they just quit everything, sold everything, yeah, and moved to. A, like, they just did, did, did the whole radical missionary thing. Right. And they had to trust God. Right. And it was stupid. People thought they were stupid. Like, that whole idea of, like, there are sometimes there are things that are that God calls to that somehow we don't think that we're not called to. Hmm. Like, there are sins that we think just sometimes don't apply to us. <laughs> there are things in the Bible that are true, but just not for us. Hmm. You know? Yeah. So I think... Gluttony is one for me. Yeah. Like, dude, I don't read all the time. I don't even think twice about it. Right. Or pray for my enemies. Right. Like, that's something I just started doing recently. Yeah. Because I thought, that's not something I do. Yeah. Forgiving others. Like, the Lord's Prayer. I I said the Lord's Prayer every single day for a year before I actually started forgiving people. <laughs> right? But it literally yeah. says, forgive others. Uh-huh. As, or forgive. forgive. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's like, what? Dude. <laughs> yeah. And so I think the same, I think sometimes the same goes for this. Like, I think if I think the best way to live slow mm-hmm. is to listen to the Great Commission mm-hmm. radically. Yeah. Like I think to yeah. To radically go, right. Sell your things, rich ruler. Sell your things. Yeah. Trust God. What are you willing to give up to to follow God? Exactly. And yeah. If it's you no, just need I, to you just need to keep pushing that. Exactly. How much are you willing to give up? I and I'm like I think about this every day right now. Uh-huh. Like, right now, so I want to go back to New Zealand. I don't yeah. know when he will, I, I, I will go back to New Zealand. Right. We'll go. I don't know when that will happen, but as soon as God opens the door, because I know he has a plan there, and I think there's people who need to hear about Jesus there, hmm. and I want to go back. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like, as soon as that door opens, I'm willing to do whatever it takes Yeah. to serve Jesus there. Yeah. Right. And so figuring out those things. But for right now, I don't know if I'm called back there, right? right. I have school. I have to finish my sister's school. I have to... And so it's doing, it's doing stuff like super... Like making a fool of myself, hmm. right? Like I've been living like a fool lately in the kind of the best way. Yeah. Like in the moment, I feel embarrassed. <laughs> then afterwards, it's like, I think I actually followed Jesus just now. And that was awesome. Uh, yeah. Like actually, like when I see a homeless person, getting out of my car and saying hello. Hmm. And treat them like a person and then seeing if I can buy them a meal or give them a rain jacket. Right. It's something that I never, ever did. Always kind of was like, oh, I should do that someday. But never actually did. And now that I'm doing that, it's becoming less and less weird and more and more, not even comfortable, but like more and more like, oh, this is very right. Right. Something you would expect to do. Yeah. 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 Like going to someone who you don't know or like being in conversation with somebody and being like, so do you like, do you, do you know Jesus? Asking that, I was ashamed of asking that question, and I still am actually sometimes. Yeah, I'm scared of what they're gonna say, mm. right? It's terrifying. I don't want them to think that I'm a weird Jesus freak guy, <laughs> right? But and there's a, and there's something you said about strategy, not doing it in a way that'll turn them off. Uh-huh. It's totally you said, but like also go, yeah, Jesus says, and if they don't have ears, then shake off your sandals and keep moving. <laughs> Like that's like the Jewish middle finger. Yeah, like, like just keep going. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus, is like, then give him a bird. <laughs> so, um, I I don't have good advice for the 
the man who is in a corporate job and has a baby on the way yeah. and wants to live slow. Don't have it. Do no clue. Brady, for you, I think you should quit everything and move with me in New Zealand. You're biased. <laughs> but I'm biased. <laughs> but if it was somebody like you, I would just say keep doing what you love. I think you've unlocked this love for creativity. Or not even this love, because I feel like you've always had it. But this like deep yearning mm-hmm. for it and appreciation. Yeah. That yeah, I want I, I think you should just continue. Just yeah. Continue that and I think from there opportunities to live slow and share the gospel will come. Yeah. Which it's like and I actually think keep listening. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's it's hard like work so like I you know, I get up I got up at five thirty this morning. Mm-hmm. I wrote. Right. Um because I, I wanna hone my writing skill. Yeah. And and that's one like of all the things I'm doing with my time right mm-hmm. now, that's one of the things I care about the most. Good. Is that and, and what we're doing right now. Yeah. But I get up at 5.30. I get to write for like 30 minutes. I leave at uh, 7. Mm-hmm. Um, and I get to work and I don't get back. I got back today at like 5.15, right? And so then I get back and the, I'm like, I need to, I need to do more work. Work the kind of work that I want to do. I would need to talk to you. Yeah. Um. I want to do more writing. Yeah. And so there's this like challenge of I need to use my time mm. with full efficiency so that I can do things that really love. I love and connect me with the Lord. Oh yeah. But also live slow. Dude, like I feel that not though. be rushed. So that's part of my slow structure. Right. That's what I'm trying to build right now. Because right. I agree with that. Like, dude, it is something I'm stressed. I was like, oh, I got to get this. Okay. I'm, like, I'm like a little bit stressed because I'm like, I want to do all of the slow things today. You know? <laughs> like, oh, I want to make bread. And I also want to write. And I also want to have a nice, like, unrushed conversation. Right. And you have to go to class. I want to read. Right. Free read. Not just for homework. Right. I want to. Yeah. So, so that is something I'm still trying to figure out. Like, check back with me in a month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because that's the point of this kind of almost like to it's like this this slow structure it's almost like a calendar daily calendar that yeah. i'm making for myself where high structure tells me i want to do these things but it just gives me the space to do what i need to do in order to stay close to god and live slow every right. day right right and then everything else is extra yeah and if you can give yourself like a, a minimum to hit then you feel better i guess like every morning you wake up and you have quiet time and you write right and if you establish that as the minimum you need to hit Right. Then you won't feel stressed for the rest of the day when you, you just have free time. Right. You know, use it wisely, like right. by writing or doing this. Right. Don't just go like play Fortnite, even though, you know, your boy is killing it. <laughs> <laughs> but like, yeah, that's a big reason for me why I want to establish structure. Right. Yeah. Because there's so many things, so many. all of which needed to be treated with your full attention. So many things. And that... As I'm crafting this, uh-huh. I'm realizing the importance of Sabbath. Yeah. Because I'm going to be actually making, so I'm going to be having a morning routine yeah. and a night routine. Okay. And the day will be filled with the unexpectedness of the day. Right. Right. And the things that I feel like I need to do, but maybe I can't do every single day, so I'm reserving for the Sabbath. Right? And then the Sabbath, I'm going to really dedicate to, uh-huh. like, I wake up and I only do things that are mindful and are close. Okay. To yeah, I wanted to ask, like... Partly just with the Sabbath, but also partly just with like trying to do a lot of good things. Yeah. What does rest mean? Did you yeah, learn anything yeah. about rest on New Zealand? Yeah. And you're saying like, okay, your Sabbath, you want to dedicate to doing this work actually more fully. Mm-hmm. Um, is that different from rest or do you view that the same way? Yeah. So work for me is something that like the way I define work personally is anything that leaves me feeling, oh, like I, it's just like a, a feeling I have. Like I, I feel spent. Okay. Like yeah. Like energy has left me instead of right. energy. You no. Know, right. Like me sucking energy. Right. Right. Um, and then I also think like, yeah. So so rest in New Zealand for me, I realized are pretty active things like yeah. surfing. Right. Like surfing for me is so restful. Yeah. Because first of all. 
no matter what, you can do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. You can go with friends, and you can do it by yourself. Right. Because as soon as you get in the water, you can paddle away 10 feet so they can't hear you. You know? <laughs> like, it's for me, surfing became a, a big way of taking refuge in God when I was in New Zealand. Yeah. I would worship, like, surfing became a way of worshiping. Like, it was something I loved, and because I was doing it, I could feel God's delight in it. I was delighting in Him, and it was this wonderful time of worship. And so for Sabbath, it's finding things like that, mm. like in which I do them, and when I do them, I feel God's delight. And that can feel, that kind of sounds stupid, because like, well, how do you know when you feel God's delight? Right. And I don't know. I just know, you know? Like, like it's different than me. Like for me, it's not coloring. It's not coloring. For somebody else, it could be coloring. Okay. Right? But for me, it's surfing. Right. It's baking bread. And like, I'm not great at all. Like, I'm not a pro surfer. Yeah. My bread's not that delicious. It's fine. It's it's as good as Jack's. Well, Jack's catching up and he's done it a week. So, <laughs> yeah. like four months. So, well, he overcooked it today. So, That's overbaked it. Take that, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't listen to any podcasts. Oh, Jack. He doesn't support anything I do. When Jack, you hear this, if you ever do hear this, shame on you. <laughs> um, and then doing things like that, I'm saving for this episode. So, like, Doing that nature writing that I was telling you about. Yeah. Like, I'm doing that on the Sabbath. Okay. Finding a square meter. And yeah. just finding that. Right. It's going to be going home to see my family. Yeah. Um, that's been very restful for me because I can just... Blah. Yeah. Be yourself. Um, I can yeah. be myself. I am... I can... It's me writing. Yeah. But writing different. Yeah. Not, not as much writing. Not like trying to get stuff done. I just want to write and see what comes out of my head. Right. Instead of... like. I need to write this many pages for the book. Right, right. It's like, I think of one thing, and if I make one sentence, I don't get mad at myself. Right. Right right now, I'm trying to write a thousand words a day. Okay. Which is not happening. Yeah. Yeah. Not been happening. Yeah. (laughs) Gotta grace myself. Um, It's also, I'm reading several books right now, which I'm also just keeping for the Sabbath, because trying to read the same, like, four books a day is really difficult. Right, yeah, yeah. Right? But then one chapter at a time on the Sabbath is, is, is working. Yeah, good. And so it's those kind of things. Um, yeah, the way, I don't know, I think Sabbath is just a way to rest in in God mm-hmm. from the business of your lives so that you can feel re-centered on mm-hmm. God for the rest of the week. Yeah. That's kind of my perspective right now on that. Hopefully that's correct theologically. <laughs> Hopefully you can check away. Yeah, we're learning. Yeah, we're learning. But, um, but yeah, all those things make me feel... Good, so that throughout the rest of the week, I don't need to be doing all those things. I can just stick to my morning routine and the night routine. Right. So, and that just enables me a little slow. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. And so, it's been a journey. I'm still learning. I'm very much like, like changing things every single day. Right. Um, and it's, it's been a really, it's been good. Good. Yeah. Well, last thing. Yeah. Um, what should people be... A little self-plug here. What should people be expecting with the book? Okay. First book that you probably will ever finish. Yeah. No, correct? Okay. Yeah, I, I should explain. I've probably started and written like several, several chapters of like 40 books. <laughs> like I've written like over a thousand pages yeah, of, of, of different several books. different books. <laughs> and I've never finished one because I've never thought of ending. But then in New Zealand, I like only wrote an ending for a book and I was like, oh my gosh, I love this ending. Yeah. I should write the beginning and the end yeah. and the middle. And so I finished the beginning as well and I have like seven different <laughs> alternate beginnings right now. Right. Yeah. But it's going to be a book about um, a man who, who might, yeah, this is a good plug. This is just kind of something I love. I love, I love, I love Whimsical Delight. That's the name of my Substack yeah. blog. Shout out to Substack. Sub- shout out to Substack. <laughs> But um, um, I love the idea of a simple truth that comes in an unexpected form mm-hmm. that, yeah, is delightful. Yeah. I don't have a better word than delight right now. It's good. Um, so for me, that's books like The Little Prince. Right. The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse. Never read that one, but okay. Check it out. It's amazing. You'll read it in 30 minutes. Okay. But these are like simple, like Narnia. Right. Lord of the Rings. Right. Lord of the Rings is a little bit different, but like it's, it's the idea like, okay, it's a whimsical world right. in which simple truths are given. Yeah. And it's not, yeah, you're not trying to wrap your head around many things, but once, but when you read it, you're kind of like, oh, that's good. Yeah. And so I'm trying to write a book like that. Um, it's about 
a man who really doesn't have a good spin on things, and he learns from a little wind creature, which I've named Gust, mm-hmm. who basically is a little prince with my own spin on it. So I'm yeah. slightly plagiarizing. <laughs> um, in that, in that uh, uh, Gus teaches him, and this little boy teaches him the, the whimsical way of life to experience glory and the glorious nature of the world and the, and the wonderful you know, beauty of the world and the, and the majestic this um, of life like basically these attributes of God yeah right and it changes his life yeah and so I mean be on the lookout yeah I'm 25,000 words in I've read some of it and it was great it was good work thank you I'm excited to be involved with yes. the editing and revising and yeah version after version but do you, how do you have an estimate on how long it you think it'll take? I think or are you be, just giving yourself all the time in the world? No, so actually, shout out to Clark Jim Gianzotti. I don't know how to say his last name. Gianzotti. <laughs> Clark Gianzotti. Italian, Italian Clark. <laughs> Clark with the insanely muscular body. Um, <laughs> That one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> he gave me um finisher's journal. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah and sure this thing that. basically helps you, it, it helps you set a goal and actually do it. Wow. And look it up. But I said a goal. Very Clark. Very Clark. Clark. Very Clark. Very Clark. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so this, so the book and the surf mission are kind of my two goals for the next three months that I want to get the surf mission up and going. And then I want this book to be finished being written in three months. Hmm. Yeah. That's Actually, aggressive. Actually, a lofty goal, lofty goal in edited, but that's not going to happen. Okay. <laughs> um, so and, first draft. Yes. But like I'm, I'm at 25,000 words and I think it's going to be around 50,000. Okay. Sure. It's not going to be a super long book. Yeah. Um, I want it to be actually kind of shorter. My goal is to make it 16,000 words because that's the, the, the same length as The Little Prince. Okay. But then it's not The Little Prince. Right. So it's it's not going to be that length. Okay. <laughs> um, and based on my goals so far, it should be done in like, yeah, two and a half. That's great. Mm-hmm. Well, awesome, Max. Thanks for coming on and thanks for yeah. sharing. Thanks. Thanks. I was just really excited to be on here. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for having me. Yeah. <laughs> so exciting. All right, signing off. Bye.